This morning, we are going to look at the glory and wonder, and specifically through Mary. We're going to look at God's work through Mary. And I want us to think this morning, before we dive in, and as we just continue this, this moment with God, is right before what we're about to read in Luke chapter 1. Mary is just a young girl. She's someone that might be like the same age of some of you that I see in the room today. That, that she's just living her life, doing her thing. And God in an instant, I would say, turned her life upside down, right? Just a little bit. Like there's not a lot of people uh, in, the, in the history, okay, there's only her that God's come to and Gabriel, the angel, comes to and say, hey, by the way, you're going to have the Messiah. That's, that's for you. Um, it's just going to happen. But right before this, she was just a normal kid doing kid things. Right before this, she was just in the culture and the, the norm of what that looked like. And I want us to think this day as we're looking through the word, how does this apply to my life? Maybe you're in that young teen age, uh, maybe like Mary might have been, or maybe you're way younger or way older in the room. Whatever it would be, what does God need to say or what's he need to do for us to listen and to let his truth come out, to be willing like Mary. So we're going to jump in this morning into Luke chapter 1, uh, 26 through 38. We'll read them block by block and, and just see what the, the word might reveal and speak to us this morning. But Luke 1, 26 begins for us this morning. It says, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now, the very first things that we see in this uh, portion of Scripture is that came to Nazareth. The angel Gabriel came to Nazareth. Now, chronologically in the Word, this is the first time that Nazareth has been spoken of in the Bible. It is an insignificant place, you would think, until the angel Gabriel shows up. In fact, the, most in, or, like, the biggest thing or the weirdest thing or the most standout thing about Nazareth is that it literally was never mentioned. Like that, that's about it. It was somewhere where it was many miles even from a main road. It was somewhere where there wasn't even a great water supply, only a fairly well or a, a, a weak well in the center of the village. It was in the region of Galilee. It was right there, but never mentioned. And I love that the word is so specific that the angel comes to Mary, this regular person that until Gabriel shows up would not have known anything was coming, to a place like Nazareth with no significance to see something powerful, mighty, and just spectacular happen. To see the glory and wonder of God poured forth. The angel Gabriel comes to Nazareth. 
Another thing I find interesting in these first few verses are that it doesn't talk about where. It doesn't talk about the exact moment. Uh, it doesn't talk about, is this at night? Is this during the day? Is she at the grocery store? They don't quite have a grocery store, but they're, maybe the well. Is she out on a walk? We don't know. And really what I think the Word would have us, would have us know and what I'm praying in my own life is I believe that Mary was aware. I believe that Mary was aware that when the angel showed up, she knew a response. She knew what she should say. She knew what she should do. She knew that this was going to be a big deal. She knew it was going to be difficult. But she was aware. And I believe the first thing that we can learn this morning, and the first thing that I would ask the Lord in my own life, is, Lord, am I aware of what you're doing? Maybe you could ask that in your own life. Are you aware of the glory and wonder of God? Are you aware that wherever, whenever, however, he would show up to you, that you say, yes, I will do what you have called me to do. I am here. I will listen. I will, I will put focus on you. She was aware, and the, the angel Gabriel said three things to Mary, and these are three things that throughout the New Testament, I believe, apply to each one of us if we're following Jesus and going after him. The angel tells Mary she was highly favored, tells her that the Lord is with her, tells her that she was blessed. And part of our awareness and understanding who God is and what he wants to do in our life is understanding that today, no matter what your past looks like, today, no matter where you are now, where you think you're going, where you were, if as a follower of Jesus or someone, you might be here and you're like, I don't know if I'm a follower of Jesus. Well, maybe he will speak that to you. Today might be your day that when we say yes to Jesus, when we're made aware of Jesus, that we should, just like, just like Mary, we should understand that there's a favor that comes when we're walking with the Lord, that there's a blessing, that the Lord is always with us. Which means, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, I pray that we don't have a special time every once in a while at church, but that we let God walk with us, be aware to us, pour his blessing out, his favor out upon us wherever we go and whatever we do. I pray that we would seek him with all of our hearts, because when we seek him, we will find him. I pray that we have an awareness that this isn't about something we do or a social club on Sunday morning or a good time. It's not about a goal we have. But the God of the universe wants to speak and move and show himself in your life and in my life. And I want to be aware of him. In our home, we have five children. We have our youngest, seven-year-old Chandler. He is all energy all the time all energy. Sometimes, and this is when it gets really crazy, our second uh, youngest, Caitlin, when she decides she wants to be high energy as well, then the two of them are going to be uh, start fun fighting. You know, they're like picking on each other and they're kicking each other. It's fun though. It's not actual fighting. But 100% of the time, it goes from there to where now they're really fighting and they're really screaming at each other and they're really yelling at each other and they've been running around and having fun and now they're running around. Uh, if it was me when I was a kid, they would have knives in their hand, but they don't. That's good. Uh, praise the Lord. They just are running and yelling at each other. There's an awareness of them in the house, right? 
Uh, maybe there's other times, though, when it might even be more concerning to me personally, and that's when there is no sound whatsoever in our home. Maybe you've been in a home when there's no sound, there's kids. Why is there no sound? There must be a reason that everyone is quiet. There must be a reason that, that this has happened. And our youngest, Chandler, he loves to try to scare us. Like that is maybe his favorite thing to do. Sometimes we will be sitting in our bed, we'll be watching a TV show, uh, whatever it might be, and he will literally army crawl across the floor, which we find out later. Sometimes we see him, which we prefer, but not, sometimes not. And he will army crawl across our room. I think he will maybe army crawl underneath our bed to get to the other side, because that's way more like he shouldn't, how, how? How is that even possible? And then he'll just jump out, wah, and scare us, right? Or just when you're least expecting. You've walked through the hallway 15 times in the day, and one time he's standing at the end and jumps out, and for some reason, the awareness just startles you, and you lose your breath, right? It's like, wow, the jump scene, it, sometimes he just gets it. And as I was thinking about this awareness, I don't want to be somebody that I require God to literally jump out and scare me. I don't, want, I don't want to require God to like, have to have the, bl the blind light like Saul and, uh, to Paul on the Damascus Road. I don't want to be someone that doesn't hear the st still, small voice of God. And I want to encourage us today that we see that God could interrupt Mary's everyday life because she was aware. And our question is, what does God have to do to get your attention this Christmas season Christ season, it's all, all year long. What does he have to do? When I think of parenting, I'm like, Lord, I would really appreciate some extra help, right? I would appreciate. And I, I think there's times when it's possible God is looking at me like, hey, if you listen, I'm telling you what to do, right? But am I aware and listening? Because I believe God wants to have a whole lot more to say and do in our lives, but we just never listen for him. We never look for him and we miss what he's saying. Mary was aware. Mary was astute enough to understand what God had done. Mary was even at the point where she was like a favored one. The Lord is with you. That scared her to death. It says she was greatly troubled at the saying, trying to discern what this meant. She was aware of what God was saying. She was aware of what God was doing. She was aware. The next thing we see is that she was available. The next couple of verses, 31 through 34, go on and say, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, Angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? She was aware, but she was also available. The angel says, you will conceive in your womb. You will bring forth a son. He will be great. I think Jesus, I think Jesus did his part. He's great in perfection of his nature, in the grandeur of his office, in the splendor of his achievements. Jesus is great 
in the numbers of those he rescues. And still today, he's great in the estimation of his people, of what he does, of who he is. It says that he'll be called the son of the highest. And that is exactly what he did. He is so good. He remains good today and sits at the right hand of God. His kingdom will have no end. The word is so real and powerful. But this morning, the available part of what Mary was, the, the angel turns it to Jesus. But there's moments in our life where Mary had to be in a certain situation. She had to have been faithful to her husband. She had to have been real and, and, and who she was. She had to be who she was called to be. It says that she was a virgin and she was betrothed to Joseph. In their day, they had three steps in their process to get married. They, they had an engagement process. This would be similar to what our engagement process would be, except instead of between the man and the woman, it would have been between the man's father and the woman's father. A little more of a range, sort of a, a setup. And that would have been something you could get out of that. It would be possible. But once you were betrothed to be married, once you were to that level, it was like you were locked in. You were married. It was, it was done except you had not gone to live with your future spouse yet. So in this moment, this betrothal was a big deal. When the angel came to Mary for her to do what she had to do, she was betrothed, which means that if she got pregnant in their day, it was a little bit different than ours, that would be committing adultery against your future husband, the one you're betrothed to. And in fact, you could be put to death. You could be killed for this. But she also, to be available, she had to be a virgin. That's what the word spoke in Isaiah. That's what the truth of the word, that's, that's where we were going. Isaiah 7, 14 said, the virgin shall be or conceive and bear a son. She was in a moment where to be available, she had to live her life in a way that was worthy of a calling that she had not yet known. And when I begin to think of my life and think of us as people who are here on a, a Sunday morning saying, Lord, we want to just try to serve you. We want to try to be what you've called us to be. Am I and are we people who we are available to God because we are prepared. We're in the word. We let the word be our God, which means we are available for a calling that we don't even know yet. We are available to God no matter what it would be. She stayed true to who she was supposed to be. She stayed a virgin until the angel Gabriel came and said that the angel, or that God, the Holy Spirit would overshadow her. When I think about my own life and I think about this room, I want to encourage us to be aware of God for sure. Let's listen. Let's, let's have a heart after his. Let's let the word be in us and be real to us. But let's not stop there. But Lord, help me to be available. Lord, help me to be available for something I don't even know where you're leading me yet. Help me to be available for a future that, Lord, you know, but I don't. Lord, help me to be available so that when I need to be called, maybe to help a, a family member or a friend or someone come to know you, help me to be available because I've lived a life that has already led them to you. Help me to be available 
because I've lived a life where faith is already ready to roll. So Lord, when you ask me to pray, I have faith to believe and we can see the miraculous take place. Lord, help me to be available right from the beginning that Lord, you just help me to do what your word says. That I'm going to honor you. I'm going to put you first in every part of my life so I am available. Mary was available for the calling of God. She lived a life that left her available for her high calling. So the question for us, is your life centered on your feelings and desires or the unknown future God has for you? It's unknown to us, not to God. He knows. Are we fully in his hands? Because if we're aware and we're listening, and if we're available, we've prepared our hearts to say anything you call me to, Lord, I will do then you never know how he might move in your life. You never know how it might seem like many years or even decades that you just are doing your thing and all of a sudden God shows up to you. Maybe the angel Gabriel himself even shows up to you and speaks your calling. And you say, Lord, there's nothing more that pleases me than walking with you every day and being available for what you have. So when you speak, I know I'm aware and I'm ready and available to do what you've called me to do. There's glory and wonder in who God is. There's glory and wonder, and we'll see it more and more when we're aware of him, when we're available. And I don't know about anybody else, but I am super thankful that he doesn't just tell us what to do, but that he empowers us to accomplish what he's called us to do. Verse 35 goes on, and it says, and the angel answered, the, whole, her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. She was aware, she was available, but she was also empowered. The power of the highest in the person of the Holy Spirit would overshadow her. The same word here uh, would mean to cover with the cloud or, or the Shekinah glory. The word that would be used for the cloud of transfiguration. That when God speaks something, that you begin to say like Mary, how can this be? And not how like Zechariah where he's like, yeah, that's not going to happen. But how like it's impossible. I, I have been pure. I've done what I'm supposed to do. How can I be pregnant? And God through his angel says the power of the Most High, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. And I want you to know today that when you don't see how what God has spoken is possible, when you don't know how what he has done, it can happen again. When you're like, I'm not sure, I don't know what to do. Can I encourage that when we let the power of the Most High overshadow us, probably the craziest thing that could possibly happen. This young girl becomes pregnant. God can do anything. He can do anything in your life. And this morning, it's time to let him move and speak. It's time to let the power of who he is be poured out in your life. It's all about, Lord, let me hear you. Let me know you. Let me experience who you are. A few years ago, and I've spoke of this before, but as I was thinking, how do we let that, the power of God be real in our life? If tonight if it by chance would be clear in December in Columbus, Ohio, and you looked up in the middle of Columbus and you looked at the stars that were above, 
you would see some stars. A few stars, right? There's a little bit too much light. It would not be that spectacular. And sometimes we live our life like that. We're like, Lord, we want to see you, but we're going to be in the most busy, crazy, light-infested place, but not necessarily what God has. But a few years ago, we were in Africa, and we slept outside on cots in the middle of Africa, and there was basically no light anywhere, and I have never seen so many stars in all my life. There were just full sky of stars. They talk about billions of stars, not being able to, t- being able to count them. Downtown Columbus, maybe we could count them all that we could see, right? Because there's not that many comparatively. But when you get out away from the light and you let true, the, the glory and wonder of God happen, then you're like, oh, you're amazing, God. Like you're so much bigger and more powerful. And guess what? He's there all the time. The stars are there, downtown Columbus. You just can't see them. And sometimes in our life, Lord, would you help me not to look at a few stars through my own lens and through what we put there and what we polluted, what you've done. But Lord, could you help us get out of our own way? And could we look at you and who you are and believe what you want to do? Thinking this week about seeing all those stars. I think periodically, I literally should just drive out in the middle of nowhere because it's so glorious to see the wonder and the glory of God in his creation. And there's some people here today that God wants to speak to you. He wants to to reveal himself to you. He wants his power to move in your life, but we have to let him. We've got to believe and say, Lord, it's not about my own expectations or what I've seen in the past or what I think, but Lord, the truth of your word, the truth of who you are is not a couple of cool things, but you are so much bigger and stronger and mighty and powerful that you can bring the God of the universe, Jesus, and you can have a virgin. You can let her have the God of the universe. You can empower and do the miraculous in the way that only you can. If Mary could be told that the Holy One is to be born in you. What? Then today, what could we look for God to do in us? What could we look for God to do through us? The Holy Spirit came upon Mary and the impossible became possible. What are you believing for today? Because there might be some impossible things in your life that today God is just waiting, waiting for you to be aware enough and available enough that he can do it in your life. He wants to speak. He wants to move. He wants to do something special. But are we looking? Are we listening? Are we letting the noise and the pollution of our life block it out where we just try to do it ourselves. I don't know about anybody else, but it's not that fun to try to live life by ourselves. We need Jesus, the Word who became flesh, the one who dwelt among us, the one we can sing all hail King Jesus to. And it's not just a little moment, but it's powerful because he's here with us. He already died for us, but rose again. He's at the right hand of the Father that we can say, Lord, that's What we need, your power, your might, your spirit to move in us. Mary's aware. She was available. She was empowered. She was purposed for God. 36 through 38 go on and say, And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month 
with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Is it possible that at any moment in our life, when God speaks and we understand and realize we're available for his call, is it possible that when we say, Lord, let it be to me according to your word, that it makes those words, nothing is impossible with God. It makes it real. It makes it powerful. Is it possible today that we need to simply become before the Lord and give him everything? Let it be to me according to your word. Let it be to me, not according to my will or my desires or what I want. But this morning, let it be to me according to your word and your truth and what you have for me. And Lord, if that changes, maybe what I've experienced in the past, my experiences, maybe all of a sudden I start to line them up with his word. It changes maybe hurts or wounds I have because I realize that wasn't God. He's been walking with me through it. That all of a sudden I say, let it be to me according to your word. And if that means my job looks different or my relationships look different or how I live looks different, what I've always said, that's just who I am. All of a sudden, God's like, no, that's not who you are. I've got something so much better than just being who you are. I'm going to make you everything. I'm going to make you what I've called you to be. I'm going to use you. I'm going to purpose you. Not just to make money and take care of a family or do your thing or have a job. Not even to do good stuff. Like we're going to give and give to missions and we're going to let God work through us. We can do those things. But is it possible that his purpose isn't just something we can do or control on our own? But that he sits back and he's calling us. He's calling us. And when all of a sudden I understand that his power is here to empower us, that all of a sudden when I understand, Lord, I'm going to live for you because I'm going to be available no matter what comes my way. When all of a sudden I understand, Lord, I want nothing more than just to be aware of what you're saying. So I don't miss you at church on a Sunday morning, but what about on a Monday at work? What about maybe with some family on Christmas Day? Lord, I need to hear you. I need to be empowered because I've got friends around me loved ones around me, people around me that don't yet know who you are. Maybe come and help right here. Lord, my heart isn't where it should be. And Lord, I need you to empower me to be more available. So as I listen, Lord, would you help me live and line up with your word? I believe that Mary, she was in tune. She knew and she didn't know how it was all going to work out. In fact, it's possible if it was her and she was just dreaming something and she got pregnant, and like whatever, she could literally be put to death in her day for committing adultery. But she says, Lord, be it to me as you will. Be it to me. What is God calling you to do? Church, this Christmas, that's what it's about. I was so excited when I began to see and hear what Pastor Sarah was putting together for this service. We sang some Christmas songs, and then we sang the best Christmas songs of all, which are just 
King Jesus, King Jesus, King Jesus. That's what Christmas is, it's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That's what it's all about. So let's live that out this Christmas season and all through the year. It's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. When the trees come down, who cares? Because it's still Jesus. When we get to Easter and we have another, woo, it's Jesus still. Wherever we are, whatever we're doing, when life is good, or when we find out we've got a disease that we're like, that can't be. Guess what? Jesus still is with us and he will walk with you because you're never, ever alone. So this morning, wherever you are, whoever you are, he wants to speak to you. He may not show up. The angel Gabriel might not come to you wherever the angel Gabriel came to Mary. But if we're aware, he will speak. And not every couple decades, but he wants to speak to you all the time. Let's begin to listen. Before we close today, if all over the room, if we could just bow our heads, close our eyes, make your seat a place where you can just maybe hear what the Lord would say. And if you're here today and you say, you know what? I've never given my life to Jesus. I feel there might be someone in the room that this is your moment, this is your day. Maybe you've resisted for a long time, or maybe you've never even been into a church, but today you are here. And you say, this Jesus, the one they sing to, he's knocking on my heart. I feel something, and this morning I want to make him the Lord of my life. I want my sins and my past and all the things that were me, I want those to be erased, and I want his forgiveness and his light to be what I walk in. If you say today, that's me, then I want to ask you here in a second to do something, just to raise your hand up. That's all you have to do. In a second that you'd say, Lord, that's me, that act of faith is just saying, hey, I want this and I want to be able to see you. I want to be able to agree with you. Then we're going to pray as a church family for you, for each one of us to walk in God. We're going to pray for that empowerment, that availability, that awareness. We're going to pray that we leave in his purpose. But first, I don't want anybody to leave this room without knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are right with God. You're a child of the Most High. So right now, if you say, I want that, I want to give my life to him, the one that died on the cross for me, then would you raise your hand all over this room, wherever you might be? Everyone's head is down, their eyes are closed. That's you. We want to see you. The ushers are going to walk up the aisle, and if that's you, then wave them down. They want to give you a book just to say, awesome, and to help you along that journey. Yes. Thank you. Nothing better than this decision. That's why we are here. Power of God. Church, could we pray together? If you just said that, I want to give my life to him for the first time. Mean this with all your heart. If maybe this is a thousand time you've prayed this, let's mean it. Let's go after Jesus. Would you repeat after me? We all say this together. Dear Jesus, we love you. We make you the Lord of our lives. We repent of our sin and turn from where we've been to where you want us to be. Would you show us your glory and wonder? Would you make us aware of you? Would you make us available to you? Would you make us empowered by you so we can live the purpose that you have called us to? We thank you, Jesus, for 
coming to this earth and we give you all of ourselves. Use us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Church, could we just give a hand for the Lord for who he is? He's so, so, so good. I pray that each one of you has an amazing Christmas with people that you see, maybe people you don't see all the time. Let God speak through you, to you, so that he can use you for the purpose that it might be different than you thought. We look back and say, thank you, Jesus, that you'd use us. Jesus, love you all. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus. Have a good one.